Is this what you want? I've lived by their rules my entire life. I've protected them, envied them. And for what? To be treated like an animal. We are not animals! We do have a choice! We can choose to be more than this! We can be slaves! Or we can be lighters! Yes, that is what this movie is. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome back to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast. I am Sam. And I am Will. And this week, we are talking about Underworld Rise of the Lycans, for some reason. <laughs> Um, I felt like we needed uh, something that was easy that didn't carry a lot of franchise baggage with it. So that's fair, but it is like we went to like a complex, expensive, perhaps filling dinner with you know Alien and Predator, and your idea of a palate cleanser was just a bowl of clay. <laughs> well, if you're going with the food analogy, it's like a it's like it, what, that moment when somebody tried to class up McDonald's. Do you remember when they did that when they had like table service and everything? Oh yeah, it's it is it's it it really wants you to think it's fast casual when it's just drive through. Yep. Uh, yeah. But yes, this was a Will Morey selection. So you know what, Will, um, explain yourself. It's <laughs> a good question. Um, so uh, I had forgotten I, how, like, stupidly complex these Underworld movies are and how, like, in love with themselves and their, like, absurdly expansive mythology they are, too. Yeah, well, all right, so they are... There's, like, we've when we talk about the Matrix revolutions, we talk about all the movies from the 90s that sort of lead up to the Matrix. The Underworld movies are from that time post-Matrix, where, like, a lot of studios were trying to find, like, a Matrix-type franchise, but without, like, the directorial chops of the Wachowskis, or the budget, or, like, a particularly heady idea. Right. And it's, it's, and this is, the un Underworld is the bastard child of trying to rip off Blade and, and the, uh, the, the Matrix. Matrix. But specifically the Matrix sequels. Because, although I think the first Underworld came out, like, right after, or... It was the, it was the same, uh... It was the same year, year as the Matrix It was 2003, sequels. yeah. But this really feels like it was trying to deal with the big, absurd mythology, uh, that the Matrix sequels did... Um, but also Blade, and, like, the first movie, you rewatched the first movie. I, I did not for this. Yeah, I so. did. I did, because I, I realized, I just, I remember, I remember absolutely fuck all from any, <laughs> I've, I have not seen Underworld uh, Awakening or Underworld Blood Wars, which are the fourth and fifth ones. Unbelievably, this franchise has five movies in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have seen all of them, but a lot of the, most of them are like water off a duck's back, and we'll sort of get into why. But yeah, but it, it but that's, I think that's my problem is that <laughs> these movies are not as goofy, weird, bad as Twilight. Right. Uh, but they're not as stylish or fun as Blade. If we're going strictly with like vampire movies, right? Yeah. They're they're they. 
they make they basically break the cardinal rule of like if you're a if you're a screenwriter of any kind, especially one that's got to pitch ideas in a room, it is so easy to get hung up on world building and yeah. the mythology. If you're writing your show bible, you can come up with a million great ideas for what this expanded universe is. But that often can come at the expense of thinking about, like, strong characters and story structure and a compelling emotional arc. And this this movie about Kate Winslet... Not Kate Winslet, like Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it would be amazing. Kate, uh, Kate Beckinsale uh, plays Celine, uh, and she's a death dealer. She is a centuries-old vampire warrior sworn to kill and wipe out the lichens, a.k.a. werewolves. Uh, Who don't really behave like werewolves, though. That's, no. That's, that's also another part of the this franchise problem. Well, no, this is, this is like, to be clear, this is like a bunch of loser vampires <laughs> in, at war with a bunch of loser werewolves. Like, the, like they, n- none of them are taking advantage of the fact that they're vampires or werewolves no. in any way. No. They're like, this is... This is the more boring Michael Sheen character of his two vampire franchises well, that he's been in. Well, it's so funny because, you know, it's, as Sam was saying, it's basically, there's this, this civil war between the, uh, the vampires and the werewolves, and instead of using their werewolf or vampire powers to kill each other, they use machine guns. <laughs> yeah, which, again, like, that stuff's cool on the surface, like... There's something cool about werewolves that have, like, guns filled with little, like, ultraviolet goo that can, (laughs) like, burn a vampire from the inside. All the gadgets are great. It would be awesome if Blade used them in a Blade movie. (laughs) It's just that this this death the death dealer, Celine, the badass, you know, skin-tight, leather-clad, hot vampire warrior woman, spends... 75% of this movie in rooms, reading old books, researching, and either receiving or delivering exposition, she spends another 20% getting in and out of cars or walking in and out of buildings, and then a 5% fighting vampires and werewolves. Yeah, it is is a movie, the first Underworld is a movie that feels like it is an adaptation of a comic book that has been running for decades, and it's trying to jam... Like, that much, like, 10 years worth, or 30 years worth of, like, lore and backstory into a two-hour movie. Yeah, I, that's the whole thing I kept thinking the whole time I was watching both the first one and uh, the third one, Rise of the Lycans, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, I kept thinking, oh, this feels like one of those really, like, we gotta cram everything in adaptations of a comic series, or an anime, yeah, or yeah. it felt a lot like, or it's like um, uh, Resident Evil, where it's ostensibly based off a video game, but they're trying to build, like, a story, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it's just, but they also want to include all the lore from the video games, but it's not, it's, it's just an original idea, even though it, they got sued by, um... The woman that writes those Sonia Blue books. Do you remember in college we had that? We found that copy. It was called like Midnight Blue. Yeah, yeah, and it was like a sexy vampire. It's like it was like clearly like it was made like made for TV caliber Anne Rice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sonia Blue. She apparently sued the Underworld producers for ripping off her idea, and it was settled out of court. Uh, But I think from what I read. They were reaching a little bit in that 
like part one of her grievances was that in the underworld movies, the vampires drank blood, <laughs> and apparently so did her vampires. So that was copyright huh. infringement. Huh. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I remember that's we an found original the, idea. We found this book, like you, me, Ben, Mike Doyle, hanging out like January term in like the dorm living room where they had a bunch of like books and board games that were missing pieces and we would watch a ton of movies and eat a lot of cheese and crackers and we found this book and i think it was just happenstance that mike or someone opened it up to a page where she's fighting a werewolf and they just happened to reference and describe the werewolf's big old dog penis <laughs> and after that we were just like this book is hilarious we are going to read passages of it to each other and make each other uncomfortable and, uh, and and so that's that's my fondest memory of the underworld franchise. <laughs> Fair enough. Because I only think I saw the first one in theaters. But the most interesting thing in the first underworld is the two performances: the one one from Bill Nighy and the one from Michael Sheen as Lucian, the head of the the Lycans, the head werewolf and we establish in underworld that he'd fallen in love with victor's daughter and it was for a forbidden love and she was killed and that's what started the war of the vampires and i'm just gonna say i guess very luckily for them in the time between 2003 and 2009 michael sheen became kind of a successful actor <laughs> and they were like oh let's do a prequel and bring back Bill Nighy, and we'll do the the, the doomed we'll, romance. We'll and do the Romeo and Juliet thing, but with werewolves and vampires. Yeah. We'll do the prequel where you know everything that's going to happen in advance because they set it up in Underworld, but we'll do it anyway because these were the two most interesting characters from the first two movies, and we don't know if Kate Beckinsale wants to be involved in this franchise anymore. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So the, and, and they did this, this prequel, which... Must have been in development around the time that 300 came out, because it feels like 300 was a huge influence on this. It's right before, like, period fantasy stuff got hip again. Like, it's pre-Game of Thrones by, like, right. a year or two, and it's far enough past Lord of the Rings. And yeah. it's, like, like, it's... I mean, again, there is nothing... There is no reason why sexy vampires fighting sexy shirtless werewolves shouldn't be just a complete layup. Like, right, yeah. And yeah. I don't know how this franchise, and to a lesser extent, Twilight, because I think Twilight succeeds in what it sets out to do. Yeah. Twilight's a whole weird other thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, th these movies are so hung up on their mythology and their world building that they never spend any time letting any of the characters breathe. And it doesn't help that the action and the designs and the visuals are all really not very interesting. Right, yeah, all the, the werewolves are uh, just are not terribly interesting to look at and everything looks just, everything looks like a Matrix fanboy's design aesthetics like it doesn't look anything like there's nothing about it that makes it unique or different it's just like oh it kind of looks like the matrix <laughs> so much of characters jumping from a high height and landing in the superhero pose yes. lots of that and or or doing a big flip with their legs yeah spread the, like you know yeah the the matrix flip, the matrix you know, flip like yeah. it's just it's just a movie of trinity's stunt double doing b-roll yeah. like that's what and, these are and this movie in particular i, I think 
I think it's the best of the bunch. I would agree. Which which it, it which doesn't make it a good movie, but I think it it has the the cleanest narrative to tell. And the problem with this movie is that the narrative is Romeo and Juliet and Spartacus. Like that's basically the the stories it's pulling from. Um, the problem with this movie is it doesn't have any time to explore any of its characters it is no. just racing to the end and it sets up a like a really complex world this yeah. period world set in like, like all the blade movies all of these are set in some indeterminate european city slash region yeah including <laughs> this one uh like it's set in like the witcher verse essentially right you know yeah. but it's it's like v- vampires rule everything uh, where there are werewolves that are just always dog people and are right. like mindless monsters, but then there's now other werewolves that are born human and can transform. Uh, which and Lucien was the first of those because the movie opens with <laughs> Bill Nighy busting into a a wolf a, like a wolf monster's cage, and she's just got like a full on like human, human baby, baby there. Yeah. It's the weirdest. <laughs> shot. Well, it, yeah, there's like this whole Moses thing going on with uh, with Michael Sheen, with Lucian, uh, his character. They don't really go into it, but that's like kind of the idea. It, it, but it is like him, they show him like growing up and rising up to be like, you know, a leader. It's, it's, there's a lot of 300. There's yeah. a lot of Spartacus. There's a lot. There's Romeo and Juliet. If Romeo and Juliet had like sex leaning top, off a... Uh, on top of a that's roof the only a shot I remember from the first time I saw this is the so- shot where he's basically everything from his ass down is still on a cliff and he's hanging with his arms out over the cliff and she's straddling him and I all I can think is like oh the, the lower back your lumbar that has to man be so so like, painful like it I is, know you're like a is... wolf I know you're like immortal but like yeah you gotta support the lower back during lovemaking that's it's 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 just. <laughs> It's like, it's, it is so it is so bizarre and it, it, it's like it's almost i know this movie was rated r but it's almost like they were like well we want to have a graphic sex scene but we don't want it to be too graphic let's do something weird there's a sex scene like that in um uh the second one too with right. kate beckinsale yeah, yeah, yeah. and scott but it is like these movies aren't super horny no on top of it. like they're not like the blade the vampires in this don't look like they're having like sexy blood orgies and and blood <laughs> raves and stuff they, what we do in the shadows is hornier than the, these movies uh it's it's because the characters are so stiff and don't really they only have two speeds they're either saying everything like this or, or they're or completely chewing yeah. the scenery and <laughs> you you I treated you like a son. Something, you know, like Bill Nighy. It's it's like I love Bill Nighy, but he doesn't get to be funny in these movies. No, like he even doesn't. like when he's Davy Jones, he gets to be funny. You know, yeah, he doesn't it's, he doesn't get to do jokes. He just sort of gets to to you know scream things like "You have stung me, Lycan, with your betrayal," <laughs> or uh, uh, another one which is "You have betrayed me to be with an animal." <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it's, and there's no, like, not even, like, a funny character. No. Like, there's no, like, even, like, and, and I'm not using this as an example of a better movie, because I don't know if it is, but, like, Van Helsing had a comedic sidekick. And, like, th- yeah. that movie had, like, a little bit of self-awareness. Also starring Kate Beckinsale. Huh. 
She had a type back. She had she, the like, thing. Yeah. Right there, the 2003 to 2005, she did Underworld and Van Helsing and Tiptoes. <laughs> huh. Okay. Like, like she's coming off of Pearl Harbor and Underworld, and she's like Van Helsing. All right, yeah, that was a agent went, brought that to her, and it's like you know that seemed yeah. like, it seemed like a good idea on paper, yeah. and then Tiptoes, which is. Uh, I'm I'm too frightened to watch. Honestly, yeah, I, I know, the 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 whole concept uh, freaks me out. The only thing about it, <laughs> I've seen like clips of it, and it's just hilarious watching. Uh, like Peter Dinklage is like a supporting character right. in it, and he's in like scenes with Gary Oldman, and you can tell Peter Dinklage is like visibly uncomfortable <laughs> to be in this movie. For, for those listeners who don't know what Tiptoes is, Tiptoes is a romantic comedy with Gary Oldman playing a little person. Yes, Ma- Matthew McConaughey <laughs> is born into a family of, of little people, and he marries Kate Beckinsale, and this is like the embar- this is It's basically like Meet the Fockers, but... <laughs> <laughs> Gary Oldman is like you know in like a couch with like fake little it's, it's so un- it's one of those it's I, an, I've never I've never seen it but I've it's, seen it's, clips it, it, but it's, it's one of those legendarily like how did this get made <laughs> yeah and it's it's like got a cast of actors who all definitely do not put it on their resume anymore like Patricia Arquette's in it Matthew McConaughey Peter Dinklage Gary Old it's it's wild uh, it's probably i don't know if it's a better movie than underworld rise of the lichens but it's certainly more interesting <laughs> as a little piece of mid-2000s uh, uh, cultural nonsense. nonsense yeah this this movie just relies on tropes to get you through it like it doesn't even it, it is it is we were talking about av the first alien versus predator movie being a movie loaf you know how it's yeah. sort of just a bunch of chunks of this is that it is like well, here's the Romeo and Juliet stuff, and here's the Spartacus stuff, and uh, you kind of get the gist, so uh, just uh, roll with it. And it like it never expands, it never explodes. Like, the, the Rona Mitra's character, Sonia, is barely a character. She's barely yeah. in the movie. She's in the movie because they needed someone that kind of looks like okay. Kate Beckinsale right. to be, like, the sexy warrior woman. Right, and it's like, well, that's... the if you have your doomed romance, you gotta have, like, one of them be a, a character. Like, you know, and Michael Sheen just basically gives a lot of rousing, like, uh, we're gonna yeah. fight for our freedom! Yeah, he does a lot. Are you with me? <laughs> we're lichens! You know, it, yeah. and then he, like, he, like, raises an army, and I feel basically like... Basically off-screen. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, him, and it's Kevin Grevio, who was in the first... He yeah. co-created the franchise, he's in the first one, yeah. You know, he's, like, the only one who feels like a distinct character. Yeah. And he's like, there's, like, two or three other Lycans who honestly are completely indistinguishable from each other. <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah, it's, the thing that it benefits from is that it's not as laden with, like, backstory and exposition like the right. first two. Because, and I think it's kind of got the Revenge of the Sith thing where because we know how this, if you've seen the first movie and the second movie, you know how the story goes. So it's a little bit on rails plot-wise. It doesn't right. meander the same way. They don't, they're, it's all set in like one location, whereas right, the other right. movies, it's like going back and you gotta meet this guy and learn this bullshit and you gotta find <laughs> out this thing. And it's like, you gotta go wake up this guy. And it's, you know. Yeah, it's not as enamored with its world as the other movies are, where you have to be like, oh, and now we're learning this new thing. And then they go to the new room and now we learn this new thing. But it, it, but the problem with this this movie is it just doesn't, 
it doesn't care enough to like have its characters be characters it honestly feels like an hour and a half was chopped from this movie did yeah, you I, feel that no i mean it it feels like yeah it feels like an hour and a half was either cut from the movie or it's just that they were like well we don't have any mythology stuff so we just only have a 90 minute movie right pl- including yeah. credits uh yeah watching it it occurred to me I'm like this whole franchise should have been a series on sci-fi yeah like like yeah. filmed in canada back to back on like sunday nights with killjoys you know <laughs> yeah. like like it's that that's what it should have been and this could have been either like uh, the plot of a season three running concurrently with something in the present day or you do a spin-off series right set exactly. in the past like underworld yeah. ri- like rise of the lichens is your spin-off show to underworld yeah well and and you know or or a lot of like what the um vampire diaries franchise did i've never watched it but that kind but, of did yeah the same like thing. but with more of a tilt towards dumb action right. you know like yeah. that basically yeah yeah i it's it's it, they're just not they're not fun enough or like entertaining bad enough. They're just really dull movies. This is just the least dull, and that's kind of the nicest thing I can say about it. The yeah. action is really choppy and over edited. The CGI, yeah. there's like a ton of CGI blood, and it, it yeah. just doesn't. It does, look it's good. really distracting. All every single character follows all the usual character beats. The only character that doesn't is Tannis, because <laughs> I uh, who I just because he's the one guy that he finds out early on that that Lucian and Sonia are 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 having a relationship and he doesn't do anything until he can like blackmail them and I kept expecting him to double cross them and to right. his credit he does he not doesn't. no he doesn't but then he as doesn't. I remembered uh that's cuz uh he's in he's got to survive cuz he shows up in Underworld Evolution uh <laughs> the the no, second movie to get killed in that one. God, there's so much nonsense going on. There is movies. so much nonsense in these movies. There's so it's it, yeah, there's just there's not like one thing to grab onto. Like it's all, the best I've got is like okay, yeah, Michael Sheen's a good actor. Bill Nighy's a good actor. They know how to make a meal out of this kind of really like bland material, but there's just better versions of that. Bill Nighy's in better cheesy movies yeah. and Michael Sheen has played a weirder character in a bad vampire werewolf franchise. <laughs> and Rona Mitra has been in a better action B movie because there's like, if I'm going to watch Rona Mitra in something, I'm watching fucking it's Doomsday. Doomsday. Cause yeah. Doomsday kicks ass. And Doomsday, she's great. Doomsday and she's held great. the fire until Mad Max Fury Road came <laughs> along. Yeah. And, and she's great in Doomsday. She's really good. Like, yeah. I mean, no, she's know, underserved. She has she's, to do, but she's completely underserved by this material. Well, I mean, I everyone mean, is, and it's just like, they're like clearly telling her, you're just, you're the exact same character as Kate Beckinsale. And you're, and, you know, with a, a director who's never made a movie before with a right. script that's really, you you only exist in it to die. Yeah. And, 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 and but it's it's one of those things where it's like they knew the beats of Romeo and Juliet, but didn't like no one. I mean, and again, like I said, it feels like an hour and a half is missing from this movie, so maybe there was more there. I don't know, but like it seems like no one either like watched Romeo and Juliet to like figure out the connective tissue that you need to make a doomed romance story work. You know, yeah. well, like yeah, I mean it's. And it's the that's the problem with like building from the ending, you know. <laughs> right. It's 
But I mean, but again, you have like one of the most famous templates in literature to just steal from, you know, it like for this type of thing, and you just don't. Like, yeah, they just well, don't. <laughs> the, the Romeo and Juliet is is you know you know at the beginning two star-crossed lovers take their lives, but the story of Romeo and Juliet is about like these two characters who are torn apart by their families and it's about miscommunication. It's, right. you know, they didn't need to die. It was avoidable. They didn't like it's like, yes, it is unreasonable for me to ask the underworld franchise to be as good as William fucking Shakespeare. But the <laughs> Romeo and Juliet trope has been done a million times over. You at least have to if you can't make it new and fresh you at least have to make it fun and sexy and it's not right. that either no <laughs> right and they, they, and and sonia just disappears from the movie and then then it's the michael sheen show for a little bit and yeah like, well, yeah it's it's michael sheen's movie and yeah. it's and it's and it's like doubly hilarious watching it after having watched underworld where he dies so like ignominiously <laughs> he's shot in the back by like that Craven, who is like the like really douchey, like right. He's trying to be Stephen Dorff from Blade, but he's not right. And and, and, and it's also he doesn't he gets killed pretty early on. Am I right? Am I remembering that right? Or he's I, well, no, he gets shot, and you think he's dead, and then he's crawling around long enough to get to Kate Beckinsale to give out even more exposition. <laughs> Yeah, because he's like it, it, turn turn Scott Speedman into a vampire werewolf hybrid, right? And that's then right. he dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the and that's the reason why the underworld movies are so forgettable is because they are just as you were saying, Sam. They are just uh, just straight exposition from beginning to end. There's like no real character story, and there's nothing to grab onto. The characters aren't cool, they're not funny, they're not fun. It's just it's just a dump of world building. And for yeah. some reason, they made five movies. They made five, <laughs> and they don't even feel like they were all that planned out. No, you know? no, it's, yeah. Because also, I read, like, they, they tried to... There's not, like, a lot... There's no, like, real... There's, like, one animated, like, anime-style short that was made. Right. And there... But there's no comics... There are no like expansion novels. Are there the video thing... games? No, like... no, not really. I don't think. Maybe like from the first one, but nothing of note. Huh. Uh, the only thing I picked, I found, was that they tried to cross Underworld over with a couple different franchises. Right. I Franken, I Frankenstein right. is written by is based on a comic written by Kevin Grievio. So he's, he created both, and he was gonna have it when they made the I Frankenstein movie with Aaron Eckhart. They were gonna have. Celine show up at the end. That's right. Yeah, yeah And yeah. they then were considering a Celine Blade crossover. And then they were considering having Celine crossover into the Resident Evil movies. Right. I remember just all the, what just boils down to is around. for all the all the world building they did, they don't have anything that they can think of to do with their actual franchise. All they have is we've got K like a hot you know, black clad vampire hunter. Let's just see, like, let's just put her into other things. She's DLC. She's a Mortal Kombat <laughs> DLC. That's all that they've got. And that's, I, I don't know. I'm like, for all the time and energy they put into this, I just wish they'd, I wish they'd had, I, you know, I wish it had been a sci-fi series and they'd had uh, like a showrunner who knew how to like 
right. like draw like stretch these stories over 12 episodes because if you'd given it some breathing room i don't know if it would be a masterpiece but i think it would be a lot of fun and the problem right. is it's not fun and it's 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 it looks it doesn't look or feel as as good as you know comparable action stuff from the mid 2000s even stuff that's trying to rip off blade right yeah i mean it, or yeah, uh, or, uh, or the matrix it's yeah, it, you can watch the matrix and you can watch the you can watch blade 2 which is honestly if i'm being on if i'm being really honest dumber than a bag of hammers but blade 2 is so crazy and weird <laughs> yeah and blade yeah. trinity is not a great movie but it has uh, it has the good sense to fill itself with like really kooky, quirky, fun supporting characters that at least keep you energized. Right, and there's a, there's a lot of like whether or not it's a good thing for the franchise. There's a lot of good joke. Like there are, there's funny jokes in Blade Trinity. Like, Blade Trinity is not know. boring. Yeah, exactly. It's really dumb. Like even compared to the first two, but it's not boring. Yeah, well, and like I don't want to get into Blade Trinity too much because we have an episode about that where we're going to talk about our one fix that would have saved the movie. And, well, not only saved the movie, would probably have made it the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, but. it's it's <laughs> it's the kind of thing that could ha- would have if Blade Trinity was being made now and all the right. people involved were available, it would happen. Because like we got all three yes. Spider Men to hang out together, yeah. and we got John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Anything's possible, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, sadly it'll never happen and yes. and well then that will be a future episode we will yeah. go into it we will go into the multiverse to find that version of blade trinity <laughs> because it really would be the greatest movie ever made yeah it just, it's right up there with with i think if they'd made the disaster artist with daniel day lewis instead of james franco playing tommy yep. Wiseau, yeah it would have been amazing 100 because i because that's the thing that's that comes back come to come back around to underworld i uh, the thing you had you can't you can't fault with the movies is Bill Nighy and Michael Sheen. When you have really talented actors bringing their a game to just complete schlock, like especially uninteresting schlock, they they're doing so much work to energize these movies. It's just not quite enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and they, they basically have like a, a, you know, they're having a, uh, an all-you-can-eat buffet of the scenery, those two, in this movie. And they're they're trying their damnedest. They're just, it's just the movie around them just doesn't doesn't hold together or, or give them much to do. They have a fun sword fight at the end, but it's cut to shit that doesn't make any sense visually. And, and it's not funny. No, the movies aren't funny enough. They're yeah. not, like, self-aware. They take themselves yeah. so seriously. And I have to imagine 4 and 5 are the same way. Yeah, I saw... I saw five in the theater, actually. Um, I went and saw it on my own, uh, by myself. Uh, in 2017? Cause... You were married. Yeah. You were married <laughs> and had, like, a yeah. career and a life. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it was, it was like, uh, it was labor, it was either, I think it was Labor Day, and uh, my wife had something to do, and I'm, I, I don't... You probably, I, I th- you probably texted me, and I pretended I was still asleep. I think so. <laughs> I think I texted you and, and Daniel, and, and you either didn't respond, or... or uh, I was like, so. I, I haven't seen the fourth one, Will. I won't have context, <laughs> you know? Oh, um, uh, God, what was the last movie I went to see alone in the theater? I think it was Looper. So oh. at least I got at least that's you know that's loop, pretty good. Looper that's, you know Looper's good. It's uh, um, it's, it's one of uh, Ryan Johnson's f- four best movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've never pinned down exactly which one I think is the worst. <laughs> I like all of his movies. I, I like I, well, all right, 
are we, are we really we're to we go don't need back to, to, we, no we no I, I I think if I was being honest I think the one that's the most forgettable to me is the Brothers Bloom uh, yeah I think that's true yeah, I think that's I'd true. have to see it again I haven't seen it in so long yeah. I love Brick and I love Knives Out and yeah Looper's really fun and the Last Jedi is it's the it's, last Jedi. <laughs> it's it's carrying up it's 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 heavy with a lot of green uh space manatee milk that kind of weighs it down and makes the experience really difficult and what you have to do is just mentally grab that space manatee by the boobs and just squeeze <laughs> and find the what's really nourishing in that in that film <laughs> I, uh, I, that's such a vivid, uh, picture, and I, you know, uh, we, we disagree on some It's not a vivid of... picture, it's an actual scene in The Last <laughs> Jedi. This is, yes, okay. Um, I, they, could, I, they literally I, I, show a shot of the space manatee going, oh, just so you know <laughs> that they're into it, so it doesn't feel like he's, like, just grabbing this random animal by the, like, the udder. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I would rebut, but it's you're you're you're. And you know what? You paint a picture with your words. Here, here's the Damn. thing. That's that's informing the character of Luke in that, and and much like Alien Three, that take on Luke is a perfectly valid one. <laughs> it's maybe just not the one everyone wanted to see. Right. No. I, I, no. I don't think it was. I think everyone wanted you know their hero to light up his green lightsaber and charge into battle. Um, I just got a text from my wife, from Elise, saying that she and the dog are standing outside wishing they could join in this conversation. <laughs> she respectfully declined to watch Underworld Rise of the Light. <laughs> and this is from someone who willingly watched Batman forever when we, oh, when we reviewed well, that. Uh, yeah, there's just, it, it's just, it's not a fun franchise. It's a, it's a, it, it feels more like homework, really, when, yeah, when you get down to it. And it's, there's just uh, not a lot of meat. There's not much to talk yeah. about. Like, I... It's, it's a, it, I get it once you get to like the third part, like when it's, it's, this is a classic, you know, okay, what do we do with this franchise? Is this anything we've done to, right. we want to keep it going. Where do we go? So we go right. prequel. And a lot of franchises have done this. I, I think it's not a bad way to go. I think the third paranormal activity is re, uh, like one of my favorites and it's, that's a prequel one. And it's, yeah. it does takes the franchise in an inventive direction. Yeah, well, I mean, in, in a lot of part threes, either if not a prequel, they go further back into the past in some capacity or explore the past of one of the characters' mothers, like in Scream 3 or, you know. Yeah, it, well, and it's, and it's it, you know, there's the ones where it's clearly intended to be the end of the franchise. It's right. the trilogy, Scream 3, Alien 3, Star Wars, of course. Uh, and then this one is just like, can we jumpstart the franchise in a new direction? And I don't think it really, it did, clearly wasn't a big enough success because they then got, they went back to the pre prior timeline. Yeah, I was trying to figure this out as we were, uh, and I didn't really do a lot of research into this, but... Um, I tried. I There's not even a development section on Wikipedia about for these this movies. One. Yeah. No, about any of them. Oh, really? Any or of Or at least not about the first, which I wanted to know, okay, where did this idea come from besides maybe... Uh, some other not sexy vampire novel series. 
Yeah, I was, but I was wondering if they, if the thought was, well, we're going to make this movie, this prequel, and then we'll, we'll spin it off into a series, because it did seem like Kate Beckinsale was done. At, at this point, had she broken up with uh, Len Wiseman, or had they... I'm, or I'm not <laughs> sure. I forget where this lines up with the Total Recall remake, because right. she's in that yeah. with him, that he directed. He'd done... He did Underworld, he did Underworld 2, he did uh, Die Hard uh, 4, Live Free or Die Hard, and then he did Total Recall. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I, he's credited as like a, like for the story on this or something. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's some shepherd of the, the well, franchise. He, he, like, he and Kevin Grevio and Danny McBride, but not the Danny McBride you're thinking of, <laughs> uh, like co-created it. So I think yeah. they all get like a based on. Yeah. But I was wondering if they, if the plan was to spin off the franchise into, you know, this medieval world as opposed to the modern world. It's they... possible. I really don't know. I mean, it's also that this this is a franchise that didn't have a huge studio backing it. Right. It had Screen Gems and uh, and Lakeshore, and the Lakeshore logo is just such a quintessential like. Oh, this is a early two thousands movie because I feel like there were a lot of movies that had that kid jumping off the dock didn't they do crank i think they did crank did they do crank yeah I think they, it might me, be the same me, producer uh, but like yeah, the crank move the crank movies uh definitely like have a style and a vibe they're bug nuts yes. insane but like they're certainly not boring no yes uh, and uh, they, yes, there's a sure. There's another franchise for when we talk about ones we wish got a third movie. Yes, the Crank Crank Three is, is Crank Three, one where that... where he's a zombie and he has to keep eating brains. <laughs> to go. That's that's my that's my Crank Three pitch. I think it's a great pitch. I think it's a great pitch. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I wonder if they were thinking, well, why don't we, you know, do this medieval thing? But I guess I don't know. If they kill off the 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 sexy lady in the black leather so do they just get another one like what yeah probably do? i don't know it's also like every it's so there's no like i i don't mean like diversity in the the stand but like all the characters look the same there's no female werewolves in this yeah like there and yeah. every other vampire besides either celine or sonia is like just like in the background like just posing like every female vampire is like dressed like even in medieval times is dressed like they're going to the club yeah. and they just sort of like sit there and look bored and smoke you know like yeah. they're in like one of the old commercials for the cosmopolitan hotel in vegas right. yeah that one and it, it, that's all that all that stuff and and it, again it's one of those things where i think if you introduce a council in your in your genre movie you're always gonna have to like I think the audience is always going to be like, okay, here we go. Like, it's like when they introduce the council in the Matrix sequels, it's also like, okay, here we go. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it gets into all, the, it bogs it down into all this, like, weird nonsense. Well, like, and it's, this movie isn't all that interested in, like, for all its talk about it, it's not interested in, like, doing a, a Game of Thrones style, like, political intrigue type right. story. It's not like people are trying to supplant Bill Nighy on the council or it's like, it's just, they're just there to have someone to talk at Bill Nighy so he can just, you know, <laughs> Yell act, at act at you. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like all they do is they're like, we're worried about this. Shut up is basically. Yeah. The, like... He's like, shut, shut, shut up. <laughs> shut up. We, we will not consult with the lichens. They are animals. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's it's it, good. it's it's 
it's not e- it, if you want real scenery chewing bill nighy you're still better off going to his octopus headed tour de force in yes, the pirates in the, movies yeah which we'll get to we'll get to we'll get yeah to, we'll get there whatever it is world's end there's no i don't no one's called. uh pounding down the door for us to talk about at world's end but we'll get around <laughs> to it uh but for next time oh, i've yeah. given us some some thought and i wanted to punish you and say, oh, so you like Michael Sheen vampire movies. And then I was going to make us watch Twilight Eclipse, but he's, it's the one he's not in. Oh. <laughs> he, he skipped that one. It's just Dakota Fanning in that one. Oh, so, all right. So, so you're off the hook, and I've given it some thought, and I decided in a gear shift, in honor of, of Rona Mitra and in honor of Doomsday, we don't need another hero. But it's Hell time yeah. to get Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> We're doing Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Hell yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yes. This yes. is this is the cheese we've been looking for. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yes. And the Mad Max movies are great. They're all under under two hours. <laughs> under two, none of them are boring. This is the most yeah. boring of them, but it's still yeah. a lot of fun. We we it's, it's Will. You've been a good boy. I'm taking you to Tomorrow Morrowland. <laughs> I didn't you know. deserve this, Sam. No, nope. I didn't yeah. deserve this. To be well, fair, this movie was very short and didn't require a lot. So, no, although you I, did end up watching the first two Underworld movies, so I guess I watched you, one you and took, a half. You, I watched one and a half, <laughs> and only because I do not remember anything from them, and it's a surprisingly complex mythology. <laughs> Shockingly complex. Just I was like, oh, I can't. I was like. Maybe maybe they're more fun than I remember. Oh, they're not. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, no. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. George All Miller's right. uh, not final, as it turns out, Mad Max movie. And uh, not fi- uh, a middle installment, because there's a fifth movie in the franchise coming out. That's right. That's right. Which is also a prequel. Yeah, huh. Yeah. Curious. But yeah, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. It's, a, it's an odd duck in that franchise, because it's not like... It's not a RoboCop 3 where it feels really watered down. It's just a very different movie than the first two. Yeah, well, and and I, I think that's what makes the Mad Max series so fun to talk about, too, is is how different all, all four of them are from each other. But yeah. all of them feel sort of... All of them feel like they're... And we'll get into it more. All of them feel like it's a filmmaker trying to distill what he's trying to say to its purest essence each time. The Mad Max movies are all essentially westerns. Yeah. He's just, like, Max is just a guy who rides into town. If they made the franchise now, it would start with Road Warrior, and the third one would be Mad Max, where we learn about his tragic backstory. <laughs> yeah, the third one would be the prequel. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. 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 And it would tee up that, like, and, and <laughs> Hugh Keys Burns, two different characters, would be the same character right. to and set then, up that he, uh, like, uh, Toe Cutter becomes Immortan Immortan Joe. Joe. Yeah. 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 That's if you were, if you were building it as, as a modern Hollywood franchise. Which is funny. I mean, have you read the, the book, um, uh, the book about the making of Fury Road? Have I haven't yet. I really want to. It's fantastic. It's great. I Maybe mean, it's... if I'm really on my A game, I'll cram before the next record. <laughs> but uh... but it, it's, it's great. I mean, but the thing about it is about Fury Road is that, I mean, it was, it didn't do poorly at the box office. It did okay. Um, and obviously got nominated for a ton of Oscars, but um, it really did have a huge cultural impact. Like so many movies really did, or so many filmmakers took their cues from that movie. Yeah, so. I mean, like critically, and I think the audience audiences overall really like it. I think there's, you know, a, 
cluster of incels that don't, but, uh, yeah. you know, they don't like anything. <laughs> but, I mean, one of the, you know, you, you, a lot of the interviews that Dan Trachtenberg has been given, uh, giving about Prey, he said that Fury Road was one of his inspirations for that, yeah. telling and the story I, I, visually. Yeah, 100%. And, you know. and they're both very, Predator and Mad Max are both very pulpy franchises. Exactly, yeah. Like, they just, they pulpy, and they just, uh, they're all about, like, propulsive narrative action. Exactly. The good ones, anyway. <laughs> yeah, the good yeah the good predator movies yeah the good predator movies mad max movies i think are all pretty good and, and yeah I, it's a consistent yeah. every one one of those movies in the franchise is consistently watchable the first yeah. one is super low budget it's much like yeah. the first evil dead the road warrior is a masterpiece yeah. uh mad max beyond thunderdome is like it's like um it's like alien 3 in that it's not necessarily like great but it's really interesting but unlike alien yeah. 3 it's not like clinically depressed yeah yeah you know, well and it's of the of all four movies it's the one that has the most like jokes it's like yeah the silliest. it's the silliest it's, one it's yeah. uh it's it's gonna echo a lot of franchises we've done so far yeah. and it's it's a quintessential third movie where it's like and then there's also some stuff that happened behind the scenes that i think really kind of sucked yeah. the energy out for george miller that we'll get into yeah. uh but yeah Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. That's yeah. great. That's great. It's not a bummer, and it doesn't mean we're going to... It's it's one of those ones we don't have to watch four movies, but right. we'll want to. <laughs> yes. Because yes. at this point, I'll be honest, uh, since we did Alien 3, I've watched all the other Alien movies. Oh, I yeah? on Alien, I watched Aliens, and I watched some of Alien Resurrection, uh, and, I, 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 and I didn't stop it because I was not enjoying it uh, i mean i wasn't enjoying it but uh, <laughs> i stopped it because i had to go take care of other stuff but i was yeah. i watched it's it's this it's one of those franchises where you want to watch all the others yeah you know no, i mean like, I, I, like I star just wars had, yeah i just haven't had time Again, but you have a job you have a child <laughs> you have a wife you have a kid you go home on the next rotation uh, yeah yeah Oh, it's another another episode where we want to talk about anything but the movie. Anything. Well, it, it, the thing is, is there's just not this much. This is this, no, legitimately just, there is not much to talk about. It's it's yeah, pretty straightforward. I it's, mean, I, when I when I picked it, Sam, I thought we would have like a, a lot to talk about, sort of about like uh, franchises with too much expo- exposition and like expository like porn, like that kind of thing, but. It's just not. It, there's no meat on this bone. Well, it's it, like it's, it's it's the simplest goddamn setup in the world that they overcomplicate to like an absurd degree. Well, it's it's like a lot of franchises have too much exposition and too much expanded universe stuff, but it's not all crammed into the movie. This is the opposite of Star Wars and Harry Potter and like the later <laughs> like Alien, like Prometheus and those movies where it's like, oh, to understand this, you got to read this comic or you got to play this video game. No, in this. You don't have to understand. All you have to understand is everything that they're throwing at you. It's all here. <laughs> right. There's no, like, annotations or ancillary material. It's just nope. they decided to shove it all in the movie and scrape out everything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's And so it's just it's just lore building, the movie. Like, yeah. The, the franchise. M- lore building and shoe leather. Yeah. <laughs> and, and day for night for day. Yeah. A lot of, like steel blue oh it is the bluest grayest movie i have it's it's like 
it's it's there's one scene in daytime and it's still basically at night yeah i mean and but it's you know to be fair to the movie there it's not without its charms like the you know the sequence where uh michael sheen tackles two vampires pushes them out a stained glass window into the sun where they both explode and michael sheen lands in a superhero pose and then a sword lands right next to him it's kind of awesome. It's kind of awesome. It, it, you want a lot more of that, and the yes. movie leaves you wanting. Yeah. Much like, as my wife said about uh, Batman Forever, this movie was giving me nothing. <laughs> I, I just, I, I need, I needed more. I want more. I, If you're going to have vampires and werewolves fight, I need vampires and werewolves to fight. Yeah. You know? Well, in a, in a medieval setting, you're just like, well, like, go to town. Have have these werewolves carry in battle axes. Like, come on. Go crazy. If you can't, like, be as crazy, like, it's it's it it's either got to be way dumber and just pure action, or it's got to be way smarter and more complex than you'd think right. the material's going to be. Yeah, exactly. And this, this is trying to I, thread a needle that is, like, trying to do both, but is, like, it's like that guy you meet at a party who has no personality but thinks he's like a genius. That's kind of what this movie feels like. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could think of it plenty of that. Yeah, that's, that. I've been there. Now I feel like I can emotionally connect to the movie. Because <laughs> I've met it at a party. <laughs> You've met that guy. So yes, ch- tune in next time for Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter and when I'm updating it on Instagram at podcast part three, that's the number three. Will, any scenery chewing final thoughts? Oh my goodness. Let me try to, uh, oh, oh goodness. Uh, the fact that he lives is, oh Jesus, hang on, hang on, let me find it. That he lives shows the breadth of my magnanimity. That was my favorite line of, one of my favorite lines of Bill Nighy. Well, that's, that's certainly a line. <laughs> you fumbling to find it is the mo- a more genuine human moment than anything in this movie. <laughs> I took like four pages of notes, Sam. I, I, hey, so did I'm impressed. I took a page and a quarter. <laughs> and one of my notes is simply, does Sonia have a mom? <laughs> and then later, oh, she died in childbirth. I was looking through this whole movie to see if I could spot someone from Game of Thrones because I just assumed <laughs> someone would be in it. That was later in Game of Thrones, but I, I no one. It's yeah, gave I think me they no- all. It's gave me nothing. Yeah, it's uh, there's not much. There's just it's just nothing. It's just it goes. It just rattles from plot point to plot point to plot point, and then it ends. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, I'm, I'm done. We're done. We're done. But uh, as always, Will, it's a delight. It's always good to talk to you, Sam. Uh, Until next time, folks, you have a good night. Bye.